So I received an email from a listener saying she wanted us to do an episode on trigger warnings. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can you give me a warning next time you say that? So here we go. This is the podcast called Psychology in Seattle. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a professor and a licensed therapist. My name is Omid Mozafarian, and I'm neither of those. My name is Humberto Castaneda, and I'm a physics advisor for the Avengers movie franchise. So I read some articles on this, and let me, let me just present them to you. This one is by Karen Agnes. This, these are some excerpts from her article titled, Dear Universities, There Should Be No Safe Spaces from Intellectual Thought. So these are quotes from her. Before Christina Hoff Summers took to the stage to critique modern feminism at Oberlin College, students announced that they had created an alternative safe space for students to visit. Students at some campuses, including University of Minnesota, are even calling on faculty to use trigger warnings for classroom content. Karen Agnes goes on to say, students should not be intellectually bubble-wrapped, shielded from any idea that they might find new or frightening. What will students do when they come to a situation in real life where there is no prearranged safe space with counselors into which to retreat when someone challenges their worldview? What do you guys think of that? Here's my, my analogy. You have a martial arts school, all right? And this is, you pride yourself on teaching people how to really defend themselves. So this isn't like all pads and we just like brush each other off with our little feet. No, no. It's hardcore. But you get a new student. Halfway through the class, you're demonstrating a technique and you like grab their arm and twist it. And the student gives off this incredible scream. And you're like, whoa, what happened? And he's like, well, my, that's my bad shoulder that I dislocated yesterday. Okay, you as a teacher are both concerned, but then you're also kind of freaking annoyed that the student didn't mention that they had a freaking dislocated shoulder. Now, in reality, this seems like, well, that's a ridiculous example because everyone would warn because we're used to like physical body stuff being a little bit more like uh, obvious that you might warn someone that you have a problem. Like if, you, you know, they even put these warnings, uh, you should not ride on this roller coaster if you're pregnant or if you have this or if you have that, if you have heart problems. You hear all these warnings about drugs on the TV commercials. Hey, you should not take this drug because it might give you nausea and seizures and all these other things. So we're used to it with the body stuff, right? Like, uh, but for some reason, it sounds like this foreign concept to be like, hey, something might damage me emotionally. So maybe I need a warning or maybe we need to talk about it a little bit. And that seems like this foreign concept. Like what? No, no, no. That nothing should damage us emotionally. That's ridiculous, right? So I think that in the same way, if there is content in a in a class or in a whatever, it doesn't have to be a class, that is in a category that we'd have to define that might, you know, trigger people with this or that or the other thing. Like, it seems to me it's on the same kind of category as, hey, if you ride this ride and you have these kind of back problems, it might ac exacerbate your condition. But you then know? if you ride the ride and then your back hurts. Well, then you chose to ride the ride. Then you had a fair warning, you know? I'm not saying don't do the ride. Like, by all means, build the ride. Advertise the ride. Just put the little sign out front. So I'm trying to wrap my head around the trigger warnings. Is, is this, in a like, are we talking, like, specific places? I know you read something. I was reading on it earlier today. And so it's like, this is a safe zone kind of thing. So what happened was at this particular university, Christina Hoff Summers uh, was going to give a talk critiquing modern feminism. And some of the students got together and said, we're going to create a safe space for students to be so that they don't have to 
have to be exposed to the material that Summers was presenting because what Summers is presenting might trigger whatever. Yeah. So I'm a little unclear about, you know, exactly what was said and what the safe space exactly meant. But but this is a trend on college campuses is that there's these trigger warnings on classroom content or lectures or something that will – trigger people and whatever that means. We, I, I'm not even sure I know what they mean by that. Okay. And it's a way of trying to protect some people from, and I don't know the exact words to put to it, but being triggered or uncomfortable or right. something. Well, because I was thinking about it when, when I was reading about it. And in my head, I was like, well, is this like one of those things where you know, a song comes on and it triggers a emotional thought in your head and then you do something. So whether or not it's you drink because it reminds you of your ex or you eat because it blah, blah, blah. So that's what I was thinking when I heard like trigger warning. But is it like it says warning, we will be discussing rape today, for example. But isn't that already triggering it by, by saying it? It could, but but yeah. maybe not as much as what they were going to do in the class, which is play a tape of someone, the audio of someone being raped. Or, or that's one example, okay. right? Like the idea is... Now, again, uh, to play devil's advocate, and I will gladly do that more and more later, but uh, I'm not saying everything should qualify for this, right? But the, the general idea is if, if you're going to discuss certain topics, there might be some, some cases where you might want to warn people that you will be discussing those topics so that people can make a choice whether they want to. And, and with very, very sensitive things like rape or things that, that might have been related to people's trauma and things, it, it seems to make sense. Well, so here's – again, here's where I get into the whole – back in my day i just i i feel like we've lost the ability to ask questions or anything like that anymore like if i was to walk into a group of women talking i would probably wonder why there's a group of women talking so i would ask a question and if someone said oh it's a group of women discussing this then i'm then i might not want to go or or i might step away from that situation or if i was you know an army vet and i was walking into a class that said you know wars or whatever or or even if it was society like sociology 101 I would look at the content of the class and if there was a part on societies at war I would probably think about it you know what I mean and and this is where it 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 feels to me that that they're not there's just too much warnings out there and then what so then one person now looks at a sign that says warning this 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 is oh well it doesn't have the one little thing i'm gonna yeah, trigger yeah, but, okay. and then i get in and then and then what but you the, get upset because you didn't read it but you can use the slippery slope argument with everything right you should say look if we have stop signs at the corners of intersections oh, what next go extreme well no no but but that's the slippery slope argument you're using no you're but if you have if a stop warnings, sign but you have you have a stop sign that is a stop sign and then we need to also have 10 different ways of spelling stop but because we, but we might we? have a Japanese person that doesn't right. read English. Right. But, but, but let me ask you, did we do that? No, and how many people have died we not didn't. reading no, no, the but, sign? But the point is we didn't do that. Right. So, but, so, so it's not true that just because we institute one thing, it will automatically lead to all the derivative. So just because you put a warning outside of a classroom for some cases doesn't mean yeah, now but, you have to do it But that's it what I'm everything. trying to say. Unless the classroom or the situation is misleading, like roses blooming in the night, 
but realistically no. it means that they're going to talk no. about rape. Why but, would you need to, if you read an article and it said on the class whatever that this is going to be present, why do you need to list every single thing? No, why no, no, not no, no, just no. have people That's, use their brains and go, oh, okay. I, I might be hearing something no, that, that's, that's going to trigger something. Man. That, so you signed up for Modern Psychology 202. Right. And in, in week three, it says you're going to be discussing PTSD. Okay. You're telling me that it's your responsibility to know the implications of what's actually going to be If happening. I have a PTSD, yeah. But how will you know? I will go and ask wait, wait, And how do you know you have PTSD? You do not. I don't know. I haven't been to school in, a, in, in over 10 years. Do you not have professors anymore where you can go to them or to someone and say, hey, I have a PTSD. Does this? psychology course dig into this so uh we'll get into that more later and just a little <laughs> pedantic point you don't have a ptsd you just have ptsd okay. you know it's not like the facebook it's just facebook it used to be i have facebook. a i have it's not a, the nirvana it's 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 just nirvana it's not it's not it's the not, michael jackson it's not the it's, beatles it's the it's michael jackson the beatles but i have a, a psychosis yeah so let me let me let me read some more here so another another article by eliana doctorman and this is a article titled Columbia undergrads say Greek mythology needs a trigger warning. These are excerpts from Ileana's article. Students have been reading Ovid's Metamorphoses for centuries. Do, do you guys know of Ovid's? Yes. You're Omid, so do you know Ovid? <laughs> Ovid. Uh, is he Persian? Uh, yeah, I guess he's Greek. Greek. Oh, well, then I probably don't know. Ovid, if he was Persian, I would. Ovid metamorphoses for centuries, but some Columbia undergrads are demanding that a warning be issued before studying the Greek classic. Students are saying that the metamorphoses, like most Greek and Roman literature, talks about rapes, and like so many texts, it contains triggering and offensive material that marginalizes students' identities in the classroom. I think that's kind of a key. It marginalizes students' identities in the classroom. These texts, wrought with histories and narratives of exclusion and oppression, can be difficult to read and discuss as a survivor, a person of color, or a student from a low-income background. So I'm going to provide some of my opinions and guidelines after a while, because I, I want to Sounds read some more things. So these students are getting together, and they're saying, you need to put a trigger warning on this classic Greek text because it talks about rapes. And as with a lot of texts in college, uh, there's a lot of texts that are wrought with histories and narratives of exclusion and oppression that can be difficult for some survivors or a person of color or a student of low-income background. What do you guys think of that? One of my feelings about old literature, and this is only a recent feeling I've come to, recent in the last few years, is that uh, we take it for granted that because it was written a long time ago, it's special in some way. Like, it's a classic, right? Um, but, you know, there is something to that because it is our human collected history. So it's kind of cool we can watch a, uh, an old movie, so to speak, by reading a book or, or see an old photograph, in a sense. At the same time, there's a lot of barbarism in our history and a lot of horrible things, right? And so some of those books, <laughs> definitely the Greeks included, have some really horrible stuff in them. The Bible does too, by the way. So I would, I would say, yeah, I would consider it. Now, and this is where it starts continuing to get controversial, I would also do that in any Bible study or in a, I would, I would include warnings. I would include warnings in uh, a feminist class for men, for male. Uh, you know, I might say, hey, you might feel disenfranchised by some of the stuff you might hear, but here's some context for you or whatever. So it goes, like the one thing to be aware of is if we do institute these kind of like more uh, inclusive and, and whatnot warnings and practices, uh, it can't just be 
for one narrow band of things. It's got to be for things that groups of people feel might affect them. Okay. That's my point. Amit? (laughs) I don't know. This stuff kind of gets to me a little bit because I guess I I grew up in in an era where it was leading to where it's coming to. So there was some protection. So we did talk about some stuff, but then we were protected a little bit more than kind of maybe your guys's era. Um, But we weren't as protected as now. And I feel like with all of these warnings and protections and all of this stuff, it's the stuff that we're, that they're, and I'm doing air quotes, that they're trying to protect us from isn't the stuff we need to be protected from. I feel like this kind of stuff, our generation is lucky in a sense, because, you know, we talked about this before when Barrett just said, we've come a long way, right? We've come a long way. So our generation is lucky in the sense that there isn't really a major exclusion right now. Like, and, and let me correct, because the if you were saying this right now, Berto, I would probably just jump in your face and be like, what? So many people are being excluded. No, yes, there's a lot of people being excluded, but not in the way that we were discussing last time, in the sense that there isn't a blacks-only doorway or, you know, you can't drink out of this water fountain type of way. There's obviously a lot of exclusions, exclusions and a lot of, you know, gaps between a lot of things. But with that said, there's a lot of youth that, that, had to go through some sort of ache or pain growing up that just are not going through it anymore. I had to walk through a neighborhood and have a kid bully me. I got to stand up for myself and eventually, you know, learn that that what is it like to be bullied. Now these kids and to to a certain extent, it's not safe to walk down, you know, an alley by yourself at, at you know, at, eight years old or seven years old or whatever. But because they're so secluded from it, now they get to university and and it's like, well, this this hurts my feelings because I don't want to hear about it. But I would I would want them to hear about it. And I would like them and I think that would involve better conversation and more analysis of of what did we do in the past. And the reason why I like the past is because we can use that to relate to things that we're doing still in the future so that maybe the kids that are looking at it now, they can look down in the past and say, this was horrible, but hey, it's the same thing that we're doing now to, you know, these type of people. And and then maybe we can start with that kind of a change. But if we keep shielding everybody because it makes it uncomfortable or it's not good to talk about, then 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 what the hell, what's the point? Like we, then we, turn into the drones that we're afraid of turning into with no you know complex thought you can't think certain things you can't say certain things you're gonna offend someone so what if you offend someone i don't mind being offended i get offended every day people joke terrorist jokes all the time every day do i think that they're being malicious probably not will i come back with a joke yes if they don't like my joke then maybe they won't make that terrorist joke to someone else because maybe someone else isn't going to take that as a joke so another place at one college students petitioned to have a sculpture removed from public view this sculpture was of a man in his underwear sleepwalking and these students wanted it removed from public view because it might be a source of triggering thoughts regarding sexual assault what do you guys think about that um so I think part of this is, uh, I'm going to label this, the hypothesis of chaotic inoculation being a good thing. What I mean by that is, um, imagine with bacteria and viruses, uh, one of the ideas is that if you root around in dirt and and, uh, filth, you get more defenses as a child so that you can block off the f- offending bacteria and viruses later in life. Right. I had and, the same thought what, what Omid was saying. Yeah. Was basically arguing for 
sensitivity antibodies. Yeah. And there is some truth to that. Well, there, well <clears throat> there's an, an undeniably truth to that when it comes to uh, bacteria, viruses, and our bodies being able to defend them. But, but I will point out that even in biological terms, we have moved away as a society from chaotic inoculation towards thought-out, controlled inoculation. This isn't a move towards shielding everyone from everything. Although anything can get t- taken to the extreme, because in the end, the class warnings aren't, you can't take this class. It's not a shield. It's simply a warning, right? In the case of the statue, uh, I, I think it's, it starts to become a little bit different because it's also about public space and what's allowable in public space, right? Because where was this? It was a park or something? College. Oh, it's, it's still, the same it's public still, space. But it's a pu- probably a public school, public school. I don't know. I, I um, so, so my thinking is this. I think when it's you're, a private college campus. Okay, honestly. that could change my argument a little bit. But what I was thinking was that when you're inside of a classroom, like in the confines of a classroom, um, even though it's, it's private or pu- public college, it doesn't really matter. To me, that's a more private affair. You can't just walk by the classroom and get the materials from the classroom. Now, you might be able to audit the class or whatever, but those are all conscious choices. Many times you have to pay. To be able to do it with the statue, especially if it were in a in a like a UW where anyone could really walk by UW, walk by that becomes a little bit more of the public domain problem. Yeah, but what do you think specifically about a man in his underwear sleepwalking? Have you seen the the statue down on the waterfront in Seattle? Have you? Do you know the statue I'm talking about? The fountain. Oh my God! You guys don't know this. There's there's a man. Hold on, I'm asking Google. The peeing. The peeing. No, well, it's kind of peeing, but there's a man naked, his junk fully exposed, mm-hmm. reaching out to a naked boy that's also naked with his junk hanging out. You guys don't know this statue? No. I have not kept up with the naked statues in the area. <laughs> oh, there. Oh, okay. I have seen. No, I haven't seen this. Yeah. Uh, have I seen this? Okay. Basically, there's. It's it's exactly as I describe it. It's a stark statue of a man naked with his penis out and he's reaching out with his hands just like out like well he's naked his penis is clearly there okay he's reaching out with his hands down to a boy Mm -hmm. and the boy is reaching up to the man he's completely naked yeah they aren't touching they're almost touching and there's the fountain is the water is shooting up around them i just i so so what is the metaphor there i I, you know i've read on it it's it's i don't know but the point is is like so how come people who have been molested as children don't come and say that triggers me to think of a naked man if if this if this statue yeah well that's what that's what you're saying then that statue would absolutely have to go no but i'm saying they might have to go but that to me is a completely well, it's a slightly related, but not the same topic. No, that statue says that they it, it makes people think of rape. But you can't warn people about the statue in any meaningful way. So what about the one that's a public area? So what, I'm well, confused. I'm confused what you're saying, yeah. but Berto, do, do you agree that if some people petition to have the statue removed in this college campus, that the statue should be removed this is nothing new i agree in the same way that it's always works which is if enough people complain about something they should do something about it how many risk how many people it's always up to the institution or the public or the government you're the president of the institution how many people if i feel like it's gonna affect my my uh, enrollment numbers enough i might change my mind so there's no so what if one person well what if one person is i I don't know the answer to this question by the way but there is no answer like people don't know but 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 these are the questions that people ask but but there are no rules for this 
There are no rules for it. But, but you're not doing it because it makes people uncomfortable. You're doing it because it affects your enrollment numbers. Someone might do it because it makes them uncomfortable. Me, personally, if I were the principal of this thing, it doesn't affect my comfort level. I would do it if enough people complain. And that enough would have to be based on who are the people complaining? Are they complaining in a way that I think will affect the university? Or is it affecting the so, students in some so, way? Are enough students complaining? What if, a, what if a number of students on the other side complain about it being removed? How do you- Absolutely. That's, but the, you have to balance these things. What I'm saying is, what does this have to do with, with warning people? Like, because you're not warning people. They're asking to remove I know, it. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. Why is this related to warning people? Because it's a sign that warns them of it. What sign? How are you going to warn people about the statute? Because okay. it's the general movement on college campuses around trigger warning that has to do with not only warning, but also removal of particular content. Okay, so, and let me, let me sure. get to that. So apparently some colleges have instituted policies along these lines that caution faculty to be mindful of potential trigger topics that include issues such as racism, classism, sexism, heterosexism, ableism, and other issues of privilege and oppression. Many are calling this ridiculous. The American Association of University Professors, of which I'm not, an, uh, I'm not a part of, which I feel like I should be, the American Association of University Professors. Yeah, your duty is an American. I know. As a university professor. Oh, yeah, that too. I'm an American university professor. I'm just not associated with this association. They released a report saying that these trigger warnings interfere with academic freedom. So they, they disagree with this. Some professors have been asked to remove potentially triggering, triggering material if it isn't central to the course. So as with statues and yeah. with material, their prof- the professors are being pressured to actually remove it from, from the course. Yeah. But and- this is nothing new. This used to be done in the name of religion or in the name of sciences being changed. Like the idea of modifying course curriculum based on external factors is not new. Sure. And a quote from the report that the American Association of University Professors uh, reads, trigger warnings suggest that classrooms should offer protection and comfort rather than an intellectually challenging education. They reduce students to vulnerable victims rather than full participants in the intellectual process of education. What do you think, Omid? The purpose of university is to prep us for real life, correct? Is this change? Well, that's your again? hypothesis. Okay, so the purpose of university is learning. When you learn, at the end of that learning, you get a degree, and then and then you go to provide for your own self. Now, you can be one of a few people who just learns for the rest of their life or one of a few people who doesn't need to get a job and has money. But generally, when people go to university, they go so that they can get prepared for real life, right? So if I'm a group of students and I go to this university and I say, I need this statue taken down and and a dean, because there's 20,000 of us, say, done, take the statue down. Then I join a corporation. And now I'm in the lunch place. And something is there, either a statue or whatever that triggers. And I go and get a bunch of yep. workers together to say, this makes me feel bad. Yep. And then what happens? Well, they take it down. That's what happens in corporations. Unless it's the 50s in which the women And then you continue climbing the corporate ladder? No, I'm saying this happens all, all around us all the time. I work in many large corporations, and that's exactly how it works. If enough people complain about something, they change it. And when they don't change it, people are pissed. But this is 
But, and I get this, but and this when they is change it, other people are pissed. The, we are nitpicking on. So there's that statue. That statue could be of a man asking his son to come up so that they could go take a bath together, right? And now a n- man who has a son has to feel uncomfortable if that statue triggers that negative thought. Fine, but if we're talking about a, we're not, and and that's that statue has more of a right to trigger it because it's n- all naked, both of them. One's asking the other one to come, and they're far away this is a statue of a man in his underwear and then what's he doing sleepwalking so his hands are out or like how do they know he's sleepwalking and why does that trigger rape but no, but it's just your opinion. Why does that promote rape? It's just your opinion. Oh, but this is, I mean, then at this point, then everything that's my opinion, if I get enough idiots following me, then we can, I mean, yeah, I get, that's okay. democracy. I'm sorry, but that is democracy. No, because that's not what we live in. I get we live in democracy. You're going to argue with me that we live in democracy, but we don't. It's about, look, <laughs> well, look, but that's if it affects thing. the dean's bottom line, he will remove it. If it doesn't affect the dean's yeah. bottom line and there's a bunch of rich alumni yeah. that pay him money, it won't. Is that democracy? No, but. No, it's not. It's it's called something else. What? Capitalism? Well, Whatever no, it's, it's called. It's, it's called not, what, what some people would call it. I'm not calling it this is the dominance of the minority. The vocal minority essentially is is a concept you know that we've heard before. Right? Sure, yeah. If you have a if you have a vocal raging minority, they tend to get a lot of attention, and therefore their their wants tend to tend to get actualized right. because and, they're extremely yeah. vocal. Whereas the the silent majority sure. tends to because they're not so, yelling so, and screaming, they don't. So get the their, vocal minority did a march on Wall Street a few years back, correct? What's well, changed? I don't know if we would call yeah, that but the they didn't minority. Write, so they didn't write to the right congressman that had the right number of bribes. I mean, it's yeah. a complicated well, matter. The, but but, but that so is this is what I'm saying. Works. This is what we're doing. Rather than going into the system and changing it from within, we're just yelling at the system yeah, from outside and asking him to change it. But what are okay. we fighting? Okay. So let me tell you what the media are saying. That trigger warnings are basically feminazis trying to silence people, particularly intellectuals on college campuses. Because trigger warnings are often associated with feminism. And since the internet is rife with men who hate feminists for some reason, including myself, they hate me because I talk... I, I get... Every day, I get a fucking email from someone telling me that I should rethink my feminist well, position. your other email coming for this fucking day. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. It is insane. To me, it's like I'm in the 60s or the 50s or something, and because I'm promoting black rights, I have all these white people saying that... Black. Anyway, it's it's really just the, anyway. So there are people on the internet saying that trigger warnings are basically feminazis trying to silence people. Uh, other people are saying only weak people ask for trigger warnings. Other people are saying that trigger warnings are anti-man. And the the last thing is that trigger warnings are are anti-free speech, which is a which is possibly what right. you're saying. No, what I'm what I'm saying is is that it you will be weak if you don't face certain things now again i'm not talking the extreme we're not talking about the 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 extreme of if i'm going to get into a graphic conversation about rape i need to make sure that there isn't someone who's been raped in my class that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about things like we see a statue and and someone says 
that could mean this, or I'm talking about a book that was written a while ago, but we don't want to discuss the contents of that book because it could make a minority feel uncomfortable. They should feel uncomfortable. We all should. We should learn about our past and we should discuss it so that we don't become weak as we are right now. Right. So the, what, what you're saying is what a lot of people are saying and not just random dudes on the internet, but also college professors. I mean, essentially what you just said is what the American Association of University Professors are saying. But one, one question, though, because there is a distinction in my mind between uh, if there are people actively trying to bar certain texts and things, then I take a, a stronger stance against those those initiatives. But you see, like for me, I'm very much in favor of if some set of folks feel that certain content, they took the class and they, they didn't realize it was coming and it was very hard for them. And they, they ask that, hey, please include a warning in the syllabus or whatever. I'm totally in support of that. What I'm not in support of is, quote unquote, burning books, burning books. Yeah, but essentially what some of these measures do is they do burn the books is because there are some – uh, proposals that will label, you know, you know, like when CDs came out and they would put that parental advisory. That's fine. Thing. But to first, like, how many of those did you buy? I bought a lot of them. True, but in the beginning, it was worried that those kinds of warnings would eliminate the possibility of people buying them. Another example. Counter example. An, another example. NC seventeen. If a movie is rated NC seventeen, they can expect. Point zero one percent the revenue than if they get an R or a PG thirteen. But in all fairness, the ones that normally get the rating normally are pretty hardcore sex or or, or violence sometimes, mostly sex. I, I, sure, yeah, but, but that's my, my point is viewers. is that if there's a label system that that will put something in another category, even though anyone has access to it, right? It's totally it's totally available to everyone. But even even though it's not censorship in the in the most extreme form, essentially it becomes censorship. So if if a book is labeled as a massive trigger to a certain group of people, and the university and all the universities in the land have a policy of not including certain books that trigger, then that book is essentially gone. So that's what people are saying now. Whether or not that's what would happen, you know, it, it's it's yet to be seen. So let me just provide some some of my conclusions. First off. We need to define trigger warning because the definition, in my opinion, has become way too broad and basically has lost all of its original meaning. Everything we've been talking about so far, in my view, has nothing to do with trigger warning, even though that's what the term that people are using when they talk about the things that, they're, that you guys are talking about. It should be understood that trigger warning refers to PTSD specifically not to uncomfortable speech, and not even to feminism, which it is currently equated with. It's equated with feminists, and it's equated with uncomfortable topics, yeah. like, like racism. The topic of racism is absolutely uncomfortable, and by all means, provide a, 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 a caveat or a warning at the beginning of any conversation about it, but it doesn't trigger people's traumatic reactions. It's it, just uncomfortable. It, it might for some people. But. It might for some yeah. people, true, but, but very unlikely. For us to talk about racism, if we're just going to bring up racism topics like statistics, I, I'd have a hard time imagining someone's PTSD would be triggered. Now, if you showed a graphic depiction, like in the movie Selma, for instance, for the people that lived through Selma, have you seen the movie Selma? Okay, well, there's it. graphic depictions of racial violence f from white 
cops against black people. Wait, you've warned me, so now I will never see it. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you lived through that and were traumatized by that, then that would be a potential trigger warning uh, topic. But to just talk about racism, you could imagine, if you lived through that, is not likely to trigger you. But, a, but that movie will trigger you. So, uh, some, so some other things. I think that the broad uses of trigger warning have put a fly in the ointment in this topic because I actually am 100% behind trigger warning as I will define it in a bit. But I, but the fact that it's been broadly defined is completely, it's completely lost its meaning. And now there's viable arguments against it, like the ones that some of you are bringing up. I think most people would agree that if someone's trauma that they have, their trauma, that if their trauma is about to be triggered by something, they should be allowed to back out of that activity voluntarily, right? No. No, you could argue that maybe that holds them back from growing. No. Like but you're trying it, to be contradictory no, 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 I'm, to I'm what you're saying. saying no, right, or you could make that argument. You could, but, and I'll get to this in a second, and I, I'll, I'll demonstrate that what I'm, I'm not talking about mild trauma. I'm not well, talking, that's, that's the difference. I'm not talking about mild okay. discomfort. Yeah. I'm talking, and, and I'll get to this in a second, and this is something that most people don't understand. That's something you were referring to earlier. Or, uh, so when someone's traumatized, their brain is literally rewired. I mean, there's no wires in the brain, so I can't say literally. No, but they, literally the, the neurons form different connections. Right. Take, for instance, you're raped repeatedly by your father. This happens, you know, this happens enough to make it an issue that we have to account for in, in life. Um, or you take someone who had their life repeatedly threatened while they were at war in Afghanistan. So they're at, they do several tours, as many of the current vets have done because the, the wars have gone on for so freaking long. And they are at the, they're on the front lines and they see people die next to them. And, you know, every day they're worried that a bomb is going to go off or something. I mean, I have a friend that whenever he goes under an overpass on the freeway, he has a, a PTSD reaction because that's where the IEDs would be. So he, he has a hard time just driving on certain routes because of the overpass issue. So when people go through things like this, like being repeatedly raped or even even raped once potentially, but, but particularly if you're repeatedly traumatized or when you're at war, you develop certain brain realities that result in post-traumatic stress disorder or dissociation or other anxiety disorders. And when this pathway is triggered, the brain reacts. There's no way around that. The people who have these conditions don't have any control over that. They become highly distressed. It triggers a chain of biological events that are completely out of the person's control. Control, And this results in the person having extremely high anxiety and panic or dissociation or suicidal thoughts or even behavior or drug use to calm their nerves or extreme rage, which is another thing that people don't realize is that PTSD can result in extreme rage in the individual, particularly in men, because we're taught to externalize and not internalize. And again, just to remind everyone, it's completely out of the person's control. So let's say I took a group of veterans and I told them to meet me in a movie theater. And then without warning, I showed them a very realistic movie about war, like American Sniper or something. And I, I didn't tell them. I just said, come meet me at this movie theater. And then I just show them this graphic scene from, from, from American Sniper. Now, some of those vets would absolutely be triggered by that and experience extreme distress. They might dissociate. They might become panicked. They might even faint. But if I told them ahead of time that I was going to show them this scene, some of the vets who know that they have PTSD would back out and they would 
or they tell me, can I opt out? Is that right? Uh, it's just that simple. That's what a trigger warning should be. It's not necessarily a statue. It's, it, it might be a statue, but that's not usually what the issue is. The issue is, is that there are lots of situations in our society right now where someone will say, uh, I'm giving a TED talk on blah, blah, blah. And, and as a, as a way of trying to make their point you know, more poignant. They will show depictions of things like this that don't trigger them or anyone they know. And they don't, they don't realize that the content they're about to show will actually traumatize a person. Just as an example for myself, I have now twice on accident clicked on a snuff video online. Once like, once like 15 years ago and once like a month ago, I have no idea why a month, 15 years ago I clicked on it because I had no, because the internet didn't have stuff like this. And so I thought this can't be real. And I totally saw this video of someone, someone being killed. Uh, oh this, th- this woman's staring at the camera and she's pleading for her life. And this guy sticks his hand in the, the camera shot with a gun and shoots her in the head. And, sh- and it's, it, it, uh, it's, uh. it's real. A month ago, I saw a very similar, uh, video like that. But we see that now normally in movies, I mean, not, not someone bound, but I mean, how many video cameras have we seen of, of someone being shot in real life, in real life. <clears throat> right. And so those things should have a trigger warning. Those things, and they often do, like on Reddit, for instance, people know, because they'll get downvoted if they don't, to provide warnings about stuff like that. So I agree, and that's why I get so annoyed when we talk about your examples, is that these are examples of trigger warnings that make sense. Right, and so that's why trigger warning, the term, should be relegated to these very real and frequent events, honestly. These are not infrequent things. So, so l- let me give you another example. Wait, 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 wait hold on. But, 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 like, see, this is the thing. This is the point I was making. Like, you're saying, oh, no, but these make sense. Well, yeah, some will make sense. Some won't make sense. But you can't just decide in one podcast. Like, people need to make decisions about these things. Like, you know, because the thing is, I agree, you're, you're right to narrow the definition, I, I believe. But you would probably agree that the things that may trigger those with PTSD may vary widely. And I'll get to that in a second, because I think that's an important point. Let me give you another example. A woman I know has been sexually assaulted, okay? Repeatedly sexually assaulted. And one night we were at the gay dance club, Our Place, you know Our Place? Right. And you know how they have those cage dancers in the, in yeah. the third floor or fourth floor or whatever? Have you been to Our Place before, Roman? No. Well, they have these cage dancer guys that are in a cage dancer. I'm usually in one of those cages. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why I haven't been there. <laughs> and they're in there like Calvin Klein's and da-da-da. <laughs> and so uh, she went up to my friend while we were there, went up to one of the dancers and just started talking with him. And I was far enough away that I couldn't hear them talking. And he bent over and said something to her. I didn't, I didn't know what he said. But then, then they started kind of dancing together and they looked like they were having fun. And I was just like, oh, okay, well, moving on in life. And then later she came over and she said, why didn't you save me from him? And I said, well, you went over to him and looked like you were having fun. And she said, he bent over and said something extremely sexually aggressive to me. And that triggered my PTSD and I, and I dissociated and I felt afraid for my life because it it reminded me of when I was sexually abused as a child. Oh my God. And so, and and the way I coped with that trigger warning, everyone out there, the way I coped with that was to appease the person that was sexually raping me as a child. 
crowd. And so I went into that mode and I tried to please this person. And the whole time he continued to be sexually aggressive with me. And I, I got to go home and I, I'm going to I'm going to be suffering from my trauma being triggered for the next two weeks. I've got to go to therapy. I need some medication. She, you know, she'd been through this situation enough times that she wow. knew she knew what was ahead of her she you know stressed out she'll she'll lose sleep she'll you know everything will get thrown out of whack just because you know she wow. walked up to this guy and he said something sexually aggressive to her if it was you omid whom i'm assuming has, has not been sexually abused in this way right no. you would just be like well you're an asshole shut up or if you liked it you'd be like yay but but it wouldn't trigger you no, and, and this is where the scary part comes in is that, you know, that situation to me is something that, I mean, it I've never been around it. I, I can't uh, relate to it. But as soon as you said it, you know, if, if, a, if a girl without the PTSD did what, what you say she did, your actions are completely right because you'd be like, well, you're the one who whatever. And then if he, you know, did something more aggressive and then she got upset. I wouldn't necessarily, and I'm not, again, condoning anything, but let's say at that point, she then gets upset and he goes, well, you've been, I'm now just making it next level. She has to say the whatever. But to your friend's example, there is no there is no uh, defense because her defense was the opposite. Right. And, and so if we have too many trigger warnings, we'll miss people like her who need to be actually warned exactly and this is why again i'm not talking about let's not discuss this that this is why when i read trigger warning in my head i thought extreme cases and 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 then i and so i agreed with it but now we're talking about the color of this what like it, it's getting it's getting way too watered down right and that's and what's scary about right. it and i'll get to that in a second let me give you another example of in class something that i think actually does deserve a trigger warning so i was in grad school and a fellow student uh classmate of mine had a guest speaker who talked about being sexually assaulted by her commanding officer in the military and she went into full detail and it was very eye-opening for me and it was very moving for me but one of my classmates who had been sexually assaulted in the past, it was triggering for her, and she experienced distress because she didn't feel comfortable just standing up and walking past the guest speaker to get out of the you know to get to the exit door, which was the only way out. There was one door out of the classroom. She would have to stand up, walk right in front of her, and, and leave. So she felt socially trapped in a sense, and there was no trigger warning. All that was needed was the student that was giving the that was bringing the guest speaker should have sent out an email before class saying that he was going to have a guest speaker and part of the presentation would involve explicit discussion of sexual assault. That's that's all yeah. that was needed, but it didn't happen. And my classmate would have known to leave the room quietly beforehand. That, you know, we could argue this isn't censorship. This is this is empathy, which is another major point I want to make. My main point is we should have empathy and compassion for people uh, when their PTSD might get triggered. Yeah. Uh, TV and movies, or especially TV, they've had this for years, right? Not necessarily about PTSD, but about offensive material. They'll say, warning, the following images are maybe graphic in nature and might upset some viewers. Do you do the voice for that? <laughs> but let me but let me bring up a point on that. Okay. Because the things that they often warn about are not the things that I think they should be Fair. warning about. Fair. I they'll agree. They'll warn about language, and like the word shit was used. Yeah. But yet they'll... They'll have graphic depictions of violence, many people getting their heads blown off. Yeah. 
and no trigger warning at all for that. And, and that's a fair point, but it is a system and you could modify the system slightly, right? You could say, well, okay, I like your system, but you're triggering it in the wrong ways. <laughs> like right. trigger it when you're about to show a head blow up. Yeah. Now let me provide something on the other side, which is that I can see some people who just don't like someone's point of view using the term trigger warning to silence them, which is I think where some people are bringing up valid points. And I think, Omid, you're bringing up some of these points. For example, let's just say, as an, this is an example I came up with off the top of my head earlier today. A white male professor talks about his position that women evolved to raise children while men evolved to hunt. Right. Now, we can absolutely imagine a white male professor saying such a thing. Right now, I can see some people, including myself, being upset about this and and getting my blood boiling. And me saying it's a fine hypothesis. How do we test it? And I, but <laughs> I would start getting. I would my feminism hackles would be up. And what would those look like? Feminism hackles, like blinders, like blinders. <laughs> I'm I'm giving you a dig. I don't get it. I'm just saying that your, your feminism hackles make you blind. Oh, I get it. And some people might look for ways to strike back. You know, if, if, if students are, their blood is boiling and they don't like what the professor is saying, they might start looking for ways to, you know, attack that or to mm-hmm. address that in some way. Right. Some might debate with the professor. Some might yell at the professor. Some might slash his tires. But some, I'm guessing, might stand up and say, trigger warning. And to me, this is an irresponsible use of this term. You know, the word trigger warning at it when in they the be- do it, like people are doing this now. It, I don't have any hard, warning. I don't have any hard data. <laughs> they just is there a paddle that they hold? Yeah, uh, that's I'm really <laughs> But but this is what this is what is essentially happening on college campuses. That if you read all the articles that I've read, there are some people. I think what happened was originally trigger warning was used on online to help people essentially know that a sexual assault story was about to happen. And they said, trigger warning, you know, sort of like spoiler spoiler yeah. alert, yeah. but it was specifically used for sexual assault uh, literature. Got it. And then eventually that became understood as a way to help people, as a powerful thing. And then people started using it for anything that made... Indiscriminately. For, for anything that bothered them. Trigger warning. But yeah. question, when... when and. When you were a kid and you went to a restaurant, if you yelled or screamed or ran around, what was the repercussion with your parents? Sure. And and then, but you were afraid, right? Yeah. So you probably didn't do it. And there was probably a time where you had too much sugar or excitement and you did. And you either got a look from your father or your mother and you either promptly stopped or after a look, you stopped. Yeah. Right. And now, you know. I've got an almost one-year-old and I see parents with three-year-olds, four-year-olds and all this stuff. And I cringe. One, because the kid has total control, absolute total control, because parents can't do anything to, to quiet their kid. And they can, they just don't. Well, the things they do isn't the right things. So they give them an iPad or they give them something to quiet them because that'll keep their minds busy and then they won't run around. Or there's the parents who are like, no iPad. So the kid runs, hits someone. The mom comes and goes, oh, I'm so sorry. Picks him up, takes him back, goes, you can't do that. And the kid goes, ha, 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 gets up, runs again and does something again. So obviously the, the response isn't there. What I'm saying is then we get to these kids going into high school, right? Same thing. If you were in high school and you uh, ran out of house or ran away or came late from your curfew, there was repercussions, right? Yeah. yeah. And and so now our repercussions are a little bit different. And then these 
kids now get to university and it's the same thing. They're just reenacting the way that they are with their parents, but now with professors. But don't you need these kids to be the bullies that train us to live life? (laughs) Yeah, no, but you do. But what I mean is you need to, what I'm saying is, and, and again, there's obviously extremes to every situation, but if my if if I'm not scared of my father because when he looked at me with the look, the next thing after the look was the thing I was scared of. It's yeah. not like his eyes scared me, yeah. right? Now you look at a kid, or now you, so so yeah. kids well, ba- don't ba- have, basically yeah. basically your argument is that children are people are raised with a certain level of entitlement, and when they're uncomfortable, they should. Suck it up the way we did when we were young, just a little, and, like and, a and, little yeah. better. Yeah, yeah but perhaps. But yeah, that I mean, you'd everything. Cer- you certainly get some people agreeing with you. I, I personally don't uh, take things that far. I think that entitlement has gone up, you know, a little bit. But pretty much every generation has said what you've said about the previous generation, going all the way back to the Greeks. So, <laughs> so, uh, so what you you're know. saying is I'm right. Yes. Okay. So, so here's my big point: <laughs> empathy. Empathy, empathy, that's always my point when it comes to stuff like this. We need to be sensitive, understanding, and responsible for whatever position you come from. So if you're on one side or another side or the 10 million different sides, if you've never been traumatized or triggered, then attempt to understand people who have been. So if you're one of those lucky people that don't suffer from PTSD, then thank your lucky stars, but attempt to understand people who have been. Understand that... People with PTSD don't have any control over what happens to them after they've been triggered. And and if you have been traumatized, then attempt to understand why other people might be ignorant of your experience because our society has not done its job to educate people in the way that I'm trying to do on this podcast. Another thing I want to say is that a small, well-placed warning is often all that is needed. We're not talking about drastically changing our society and censoring everything. All, and you know, the people with PTSD don't want to be, they don't want to censor the world. They just want a proper little warning. I mean, maybe it could just be like a symbol that we know that's what it means. What about a big, big statue of a naked penis saying, Warning. <laughs> actually, actually, it brings up a, a, something I forgot until just now is that I get emails uh, to me telling me that we trigger people. Oh, well, sure, we do. Yeah, and 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 there are things Nazis. That, yeah, and there are things that I didn't know would trigger someone, and, and one of them was penis. So somebody actually, really? yeah, we were talking about penises. I can't remember exactly. We were talking about penis? We were talking about penis. And that penis triggered someone? They had a bad <laughs> penis association? And they, they emailed and said that they love the show, but... When do we talk about penis? We never talk about we penis. We talk about All right, balls. So, but anyway, so they but were anyway, triggered so, by so, Warning. So it, it's, not, it's not a quote-unquote pussifying of America, as a lot of people are, are claiming. A, pe- a penisifying. Yeah. It, anyone can have PTSD, you know? Anyone can have PTSD. <laughs> But that and, was and, a feminist thing or a non-feminist thing to say. What? Yeah, pussifying. pussifying. I know. That's why you put it in quotes. Why is a it. pussy supposed to be wimp? I'm using the word oh, that okay. other people are using. Okay. And I said pen- pe- penis Penisicizing. So, so, so here, are my, here are my proposed guidelines. Tell me what you think about this. If you're going to expose someone to common triggers such as graphic rape, sudden death, or war stress, those are the common ones that I can think of, then you probably should inform people with enough time for them to think and react without consequence. Uh, what were the, the, so the, the wartime stress, the sudden, what, death, sudden death, like a car accident, right, right, right. 
Rape. Uh, or, or suicide or graphic rape. Or, or rape. But what about like abuse, like childhood abuse? Uh, yeah, let's add that to the okay. list. I like it. Now, the key here is that you need to inform people with enough time for them to think and react. You don't, at, in the middle of a TED Talk, say, I'm about to show a graphic thing. Boom, you know? That's why I'm saying the, the statue one didn't make sense to me because imagine there's a little warning right beneath the statue. No, the, the <laughs> thing they wanted to do was remove the statue, I know, I know, not yeah, warn yeah, people. So here's another here's another. <laughs> you're about to see my penis. <laughs> and if you're... And and if, and if you're someone who gets triggered by, by something uncommon, like, you know, what we were talking about earlier, then please advocate for yourself by telling other people, and we will do our best to compassionately accommodate you. That was my dislocated shoulder example. If you're in the class and you have a dislocated shoulder, just tell us. We won't twist your arm. Right. And we're responsible for being compassionate about that. And if you're un- and if you're uncomfortable with something in a college course or somewhere else, feel free to communicate that to the professor or or whoever is in charge. But please think carefully before invoking the term trigger warning, since our society's overusage of this term undermines our movement to protect people with PTSD. So if you're uncomfortable with something like racism or whatever, I mean, colonialism was on the list for crying out loud. And if you're upset about talking about colonialism, then by all means, talk to the college professor or talk right. to whoever's in charge and say, I don't, this made me uncomfortable. I wish you blah, blah, blah. By all meaning, by all means, feedback. Great. But don't use the term trigger warning because that dilutes the, the, what we're trying to do, which is to protect people with PTSD. This is just a genius way for some of these students to get away from doing a course. Maybe. You're in the physics class. I don't like colonialism because it's boring and I fall asleep. So therefore, it's a trigger warning so I can study cats. It's worse than that. You're like, you're looking at the river. You have to memorize the rivers. And this river looks like a penis. Uh, What university (laughs) did you go to that you had to memorize the rivers? (laughs) And my last guideline is if you've been traumatized, get treatment. There are empirically proven treatments for PTSD. I did a podcast on trauma treatment. If you listen to that, I lay out the general guidelines for treating PTSD. So every day you go without treatment, this adds more time to your suffering. PTSD treatment can be painful, but ultimately it's worth it because you can reduce or even eliminate all your PTSD symptoms. And this will potentially eliminate your need for trigger warnings altogether. So, you know, know that that is out there for you, but make sure you go to a therapist that knows what they're doing. Because in my anecdotal experience, about 5% of therapists actually know how to treat trauma properly. So find someone that knows what they're doing. And if you don't know, ask me because I know clinicians that know what they're doing. What do you guys think of my guidelines? I like it. I Can would you do it. Uh, write them up and put a warning above it so that we know <laughs> to read it? A trigger, trigger warning? Trigger, 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 trigger warning. Have you been That's traumatized by the term trigger warning? <clears throat> I am now going to have dreams about you yelling trigger warning to me. That's a good point. Like I feel <laughs> Every like... Every time I talk, I have to put a trigger warning. If I'm going to be in a class where someone might yell trigger warning, I need a trigger warning. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that does it for another episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us out there. Please email us any thoughts you have. I'm sure that some of you will. There's more and more people emailing us lately, by the way, which is nice. It's always nice to hear from people. Also, you you can like us on Facebook and participate in our Tuesday Tougher Bluff game. That's always fun, right? T or B. You can donate. You can go to our website, Psychology in Seattle and donate. Uh, A couple of people have done that recently. I am still way below actually making back the money that I've spent on this podcast. Umberto spent some money too. In fact, there's a whole slew of Psychology in Seattle t-shirts. Hey, if you want a t-shirt, you can email us. <laughs> there's only a few sizes. There's yeah. like there's ten, like a $10 stack of donation gets you a t-shirt. 
Uh, it'd be more than that because shipping alone, I don't even. How much would oh, it cost? I was there? trying to make you some money. I thought you were yeah, going to give it away. Not we should probably twenty dollars. What do you guys think about doing like a pledge drive or something with T-shirts that you give away for donations sure. or something? Yeah, because I feel be like cool. we. Sh- I, I feel like I need to give people something for their donations. How about an autographed picture of us three sitting next to each other? Yeah, with a big penis in the middle. So I should be in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? You're not that big of a dick. See what I did there? <laughs> some people say I am. <laughs> Well, that does it for another episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us, and please take care of yourself because you deserve it. Can people hear okay? I can hear okay. Check, check. But only okay. How's your mic, Omid? Can you hear me? Yeah. It's good. How's my mic? Can you hear me? Too loud. Can you not yell at me? What? Can you not yell at me? What do you mean? Gel? Can you not gel at me? You're just jelly. Peanut peanut butter butter and jelly. jelly. (laughs) 